The Water Coolest daily financial newsletter is now powered by Barstool Sports. It's the only newsletter that I read every morning to stay informed on what the hell is going on in the markets. You can check it out at barstool.link slash watercoolest. That's barstool.link slash watercoolest. W-A-T-E-R-C-O-O-L-E-S-T. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Tea with Publicity. Happy long weekend. Happy Labor Day. I can't believe it's already freaking Labor Day. I don't know where the summer went, but I'm actually kind of excited for fall, which is like a weird hot take. I'm just over this like 90 degree humidity. But anyway, I am here today with my new producer, Emily. Hi, Emily. Hello, how are you? Welcome to Tea with Publicity. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. I know, guys. So as I said to you, I think two weeks ago, Mackenzie has, she's still barstool, just doing a different position. So I do have Emily with me here now. And I have Kelly Keegs from my office joining me for today's interview. She helped me answer the Ask Alyssa questions. And then she also helped me spill the tea. Between the two of us, we could talk a freaking lot. So I'm not going to have that long of an intro this week because me and Kelly just we got right into it and if you are familiar with like the barstool like personalities here then the first half of our interview you're really gonna like and if you are not familiar with like the whole barstool atmosphere the second half of our interview you're gonna love so make sure you stick around for the entire thing because we talk about being women in our 30s what we're looking for in relationships I have her clear up those dating rumors with the vibs from our office we give some really good advice we talk a lot about friendship everything in between so to kick us off I'm gonna talk about my life and just give you a little bit of an update. So I went to a TikTok party and what's interesting is that usually people get invited to events and you get to meet but since everyone that kind of started on TikTok happened during the pandemic there's so many people that I have become social media friends with that I never actually was able to meet in real life. So it was actually really fun to get to see people. It was a white party and like as a curvy girl wearing white is like my worst nightmare at this moment because it is just so unforgiving and so ugly and I think even really skinny girls feel this way too like just white is not flattering even though it's a gorgeous color it's just not the best so I ordered like 10 outfits from Boohoo in like a million colors because it was just the only place I could find that had a lot of options and then I ordered like one more expensive option from Topshop wow I made that up from Shopop they sound kind of similar of course, I go with the more expensive option. It was really cute. You could look at it on my Instagram. Um, but I did end up finding something. When I was trying on all the Boohoo outfits, they kind of looked like what I'm wearing today. It's like a blazer dress. I looked like a pharmacist. Like I really looked like a, I was in a doctor's coat. And I was like, I can't meet all these people for the first time wearing a freaking doctor's coat. Um, so I'm happy with the option that I went with. <laughs> Again, you guys can go look at it um, and, and make fun of me. But I think... I think I didn't look like a pharmacist because my cleavage was out and I'm pretty sure pharmacists, you know, don't wear their boobs out. So aside from the TikTok party, there have been like really wild floods in New York. Um, Last night was crazy flash flood warning. So many hurricanes, tornadoes, whatever the hell is going on. And this morning I decided, you know what, I'm going to take an Uber to work because the subway shut down. And my Uber was a Tesla. And like, what a vibe. Like, <laughs> post, 
post-flood Tesla on my way to work. Um, so yeah, I rode to work in style. And speaking of cars, <laughs> this is really funny. I get a text from my sister being like, did you hear mom got a speeding ticket? And I was like, no. So I call my mom and I'm like, mom, like Jackie said, you got a speeding ticket. And she said, yeah, I was going 90. And I go, 90? What's the speed limit? 65? Like, that's pretty aggressive. And she's like, oh, yeah, I um, I guess it's pretty high. I don't know why everyone thinks it's so weird. I'm like, mom, 90 is not like this low number. And she said that the cop came up to her and was like, ma'am, like, what are you in a rush to get to? And she said she just sat there and didn't say anything because she didn't know what to say. And then he asked her again. He's like, ma'am, one more time, like, what were you in such a rush for? And she goes, she goes, and you have to picture my mom. I was like a New Jersey accent. She was like, well, you know, like the 287 was closed and the parkway was closed. There's all these floods because everything from the floods, she's like, everything's closed. And you know what? I think just when I got an open road, I was just so excited to be on open road that I must have just been gunning it. And she said the cop was cracking up. And he's like, okay, I'll give you the lesser of the charge because like he thought she was funny. At least she was honest. At least she was honest. I was, I'm sitting at my desk because I called her at my desk. I was crying. She's like, yeah, he was laughing. I'm like, and my sister texts me. She's like, mom's the only 60 year old who's like going 90 down like the parkway. (laughs) She's out of control. So that's been my life. Um, I am spending Labor Day in the city this weekend. I know you guys are going to be listening to this, you know, after Labor Day. But um, since I did go to the TikTok party, my family has banned me from seeing them. (laughs) Because with, like, the Delta variant and, like, they're just, like, convinced that I'm, like, the carrier in the family of COVID. So I'm just not seeing my family for the foreseeable future. So I will be in the city. Um, I will update you guys on the next podcast, but I don't think I'm going to be doing anything like super crazy. I think just, you know, I might have a little Brooklyn day with my friend, go get some Luke's lobster, walk into Brooklyn, maybe go to my friend's lake house for a day because her parents are more chill than mine. And, you know, just, just hang easy. It's fine though. It's okay. At this point, I'm used to kind of being the one to like be shunned from the family because I'm the only one living a more social life at this point. And I'm okay with that because, like, I need to be social. Otherwise, I'm going to lose my freaking marbles. So I will update you guys on that next week. Once again, don't forget my home decor merch is out. Follow me on TikTok, Instagram. Subscribe, all of those things. Here is my interview with Kelly Keegs. I hope you guys enjoy, and I hope you had an amazing weekend. Hey, guys. I am here with Kelly Keegs, my coworker. Welcome. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. You've joined me for Ask Alyssa in the past. Yes, I have. But today's the full, the full Monty. I'm excited. Is that the same? That is the full Monty. (laughs) I haven't heard about that in so long. I don't know where I got that from. That's like a, uh, it's like a sex thing. You know that? Is it? Yes. So I, there were, um, I want to say it's on like Rugrats where they (laughs) made some joke being like, it's the full Monty. And literally that is a joke like, 
in a strip club, you go in and, you know, in like olden days, oh, you, you ask for the for full the- Monty, yeah, you pay for the full Monty and it's like this whole thing. But it pops up, the joke pops up all the time in like kids shows. Wait. <laughs> and so, so I, as a kid, I was saying it all the time. <laughs> Monty reminds me of Addison Ray's dad. That's his name. And I don't know why name? I know this. I didn't know that either. Yeah. But, I did not like, know that was his name. people, you know, he like tries to like be in the Yeah, public. he comes through. I see yeah, him coming through all the through. time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's his what name. What about Monty? I, like, <laughs> don't I, don't I was like, is that his name? <laughs> to be honest, I've never even once looked for her dad's name. Only her mom, Sherry I Nicole, just, who's I feel like I, our Lord and Savior. I listened to um, Harry Jowsey's podcast the other day, and Monty so was hot, on. Harry Jowsey. He is. Yeah, you know, I do hate to admit that I find him attractive. I mean, he's so hot. He's 100% a fuckboy. He's ridiculous, but I love him. I and love he just him. talks about sex so openly that you, like, mm-hmm. know he's good. Yeah, you it's know? cool. It's cool. He seems cool <laughs> as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, you were saying I actually DM'd him the other day. I was like, because oh, I yeah? saw he was in New York, and I was like, Hey, like, come on my podcast. He didn't answer. Damn. I hate Whatever. That That's like me with Nicholas Braun. I'm constantly DMing him, being like, "Hey," and now it's now I can't anymore. It's like they it's he like knows Barstool. Yeah, he like likes Barstool, and he's always on. He hasn't been on Chicks in the Office, but he like is friendly with them, and he'll definitely come through here at some point. And I'm just like, damn, it's gonna be really embarrassing when he sees all those DMs from like 2018. <laughs> oh no, that I've Mortifying. like had to resend. I've had to unsend DMs to people. Oh, you know what? That's a good idea. I should do that. Yeah, to be honest. And also, the this. worst part is one. Once you get verified, your DMs go into like a different folder kind of. They go to the top of like, um, you know how there's different categories in your DMs, like all requests and then top requests? Yeah, I have like primary and general and then like the side thing. But I'm not verified, so I don't don't know the verified when I started working here, I got verified. Now what happens is people that I DM'd in like 2018 to come on my podcast mm-hmm. are now seeing my message. And no. they're replying to me. They're like, yeah, I'd love to come on. I'm like... Guys, this was like three years ago. Like, like, I'm oh, no fuck. longer it's interested. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, mm, you're not really in this anymore. Like, like sorry about that. Like, people from The Bachelor that were right. like relevant then, but oh like, my God, maybe of not course. now. And God, I'm like, oh, The Bachelor shit. people, if you want people, if you have a podcast and you, and it's like reality TV related in any way, the people, anybody that's ever been on a Bachelor franchise show will come onto your podcast. 100%. Like, if you are worried, like, oh, I want to interview somebody, whatever, The Bachelor people are the easiest to get. They, yeah. they never say no, they never go home. Well, because I it's love it like, about them. You know, when you have to strike while the iron's hot that's 100%, why and they yeah. want to and they know that too yeah they know that too that they're like yeah okay i want as much publicity as i can like i gotta, gotta i don't blame them i would be a thirst monster too 100 percent. yeah wait okay so smart let's rewind a little bit so kelly okay. and i started around the same time like mm-hmm. i think within a few weeks of each other yeah full time full time yeah, you've in been January. in the bar stool at atmosphere for years i have i've been uh i want to say about five years or so about a year i want to say like a year year and a half before they moved to new york i was doing a couple of things because i went viral online one time and it was i would i was like the plane breakup tweeter like that was that was my whole thing and kevin clancy was like pretty involved in that like he was retweeting me and then everybody at barcel was tweeting about it so it helped it really go viral and um it was at the time where like it wasn't that easy to go viral. Like now I think a tweet goes viral every single day. Yeah. Like it's not that crazy anymore. But at the time it was like not a, I don't know. I don't understand like how it became such a big deal. But like I was in like the printed paper, like I was everywhere and it was really cool, but also overwhelming. And at the time I was like, this is it. Like, this is my big break. Like fuck all these other people. And it was like, mm, not quite. Famous. <laughs> yeah. It was like, no, not really. Maybe like five years from now. Sure. Mm-hmm. But no, not really. But then after that, um, I started making appearances on uh, Kevin's, he has a different podcast called Mail Time with his brother. So I was appearing on there a little bit, became friendly with people. I had already kind of known them before as like friends. 
and uh, yeah, just kind of came in and out. When they got, when they came to New York, I went to the office all the time. Like I did radio with Rhea and Fran all the time. If one of them was like sick, or if they just wanted somebody to come on and talk mm-hmm. to Bachelor or whatever, so I was always popping in and out like a freelancer. But I wasn't paid anything. I just wanted to be there. <laughs> it funny story when okay, so I knew Kelly and I knew that she was like affiliated with Barstool. And when I was going through my contracting process, mm-hmm. I, this is like just the anxiety in me. I was like waiting for Erica to send me my final contract. Yeah, yeah. And I saw you post like two days before mine, like, let's make it official. And you received your contract. Yes, it was like And the- in my head, I was like, oh my God, like they're sending <laughs> out contracts like they didn't send mine. Maybe I'm not getting it. Like oh I started God, no. panicking. Thinking, oh, I'm sorry that made you feel that way. It had nothing to do I with I would have felt the same way though. I would have been like, fuck. Yeah, picture if you were waiting on something and then yeah. all of a sudden, and I was like, oh my God, they're sending them out. Like I know, blah, blah, blah. And then like two days later, mine came yeah, through. Yeah, and then it came through. And then I waited to not tell Kelly until I started because I was too scared to jinx anything at that yeah. point. And I feel like social circles are so small that I didn't want it necessarily getting out there to people before Mm -hmm. I was able to like make the announcement myself. A hundred percent. I didn't tell, that was the first time I even mentioned, like I I had been, let's see, that was in January that I signed my con, my full-time contract. I had been uh, brought on as like a freelancer for cutting stems. So cutting stems is the bachelor live after show that we, myself and Trent tried it once before in like 2017 when Mm. they were in the old office uh, Rhea and Fran weren't even here yet like it was a whole thing and we wow. were we did it with Dave and um, we did a couple episodes Dave got too busy always but we were only doing it on Facebook live and so it was a nightmare Facebook live sucks and um, we only did one season we did Nick Vial's season I didn't and, realize it was you and yeah, Trent first yeah so it was it's the live thing has always been my thing I like a live yeah. show I like a live whatever so that was my thought I got them all to do it Dave agreed to it and we did it and it was good. It just wasn't that well received because it should have been on YouTube. It was ahead of its time, I keep saying. But like it just wasn't – it wasn't right at the time. And so I was always like kind of bummed out about it. But it was in the back of my mind. I was like, one day we're going to do the show again. Like this is – this show deserves yeah, it's it. it's like, a good show. We wanted to be a Watch What Happens Live but for The Bachelor, you mm-hmm. know. And then so I pitched it again uh, to Erica and Jen last fall when I knew that the lineup was going to be like six I didn't really know Cutting Stems was like your baby. Yeah, that's my that's my thing. That's me. Wow. And so, and obviously like the girls, that they, I have been doing um, Instagram lives after the episodes of The Bachelor for a couple of years. Like I would just go live on Instagram and just talk about the episode for 20 minutes and just kind of go on and mm-hmm. on and interact with the audience and then I'd repost it later. And um, yeah, so I just brought that idea to them and I kind of broke it down and I broke down like how it could be sold and whatever and if they thought it was a good idea and how I wanted to give it a try again. And then, um, but before that I had asked Rhea, Fran and Trent if they would be into trying it. Like I'm going to pitch it. Like would you guys yeah. be involved? And they were like, yeah, for sure. And it all kind of fell together. Owens Mixers is our sponsor there and they love us. And now we have this like giant ass set for it's Bachelor gorgeous. in Paradise. It's so cool. It makes me feel really good. So okay, that is kind so of like a, a good thing. If but- someone ever can't go... This is my request to step in as replacement. Like oh, if someone's sick or something. Yeah, my course. followers keep DMing me being like, we need to see you on Cutting Stems. I'm like, it's not up to, like, I, you know <laughs> yeah, what I yeah. mean? Like, they no, have someone's not there. People. Sometimes Trent can't be there. Like, that's a whole, yeah, that's like a if whole someone thing. Can't He's got come. stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people always ask me, they're like, we want to see you collabing with people in the office and this and that. But it's hard because we all have our own separate things. Right. Like, yeah, at yeah, the end yeah. of the day. Sure. Yeah. And like. Things just have to happen naturally. Yeah, the collabing is fun. You, the, the only thing about it is you don't want to, you don't want to, um, what should I call it? Like step on people's toes. Not even step on people's toes. It's more so like it. 
people like consistency more than they want to admit. Like, so mm-hmm. whenever, like, for example, if Trent is not there on Where's the show, Trent? Yeah. it's all it is. The entire thing is comments. Where's Trent? Where's Trent? Where's Trent? Yeah. And same thing with, it happens to me uh, if he's not there and I help them with their podcast recap. So it'll be me, Rhea, and Fran mm. doing the podcast recap where in general it's usually just Trent. Yeah. And I'll always come on and be like, oh, I know everybody's disappointed that it's me and not Trent. <laughs> Sorry, guys. And then I get like a, yeah, girl, like, love you, but miss Trent. Like, that's all I ever get. <laughs> no, and it so is that's true. that's kind of shit, like, you'll get that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. everybody gets that. People, like, get so set in their routine. But it is nice to be able to, like, do a little uh, cross-pollination when you can. Oh, absolutely. Because really you know I love The Bachelor. We'll, we'll spill of the course. tea in a little bit because I do have some thoughts that I want to talk about. Oh, absolutely. Bachelor in Paradise stuff. I love that. Bachelor in Paradise is, is actually so much better this season than I thought it was going to be. We'll, we'll get, we'll, we'll it get into it. Yeah. So, okay. So we start around the same time. I Sometimes mm-hmm. I have to remind myself, though, that you've known everyone for way longer because I'm mm-hmm. like, Kelly has so many friends here and like we started on the same day and like, oh, yeah, I, no, no, I have no, no friends no. here. Say, Bitch, I've been, I've been like hovering around this place But then I remember. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of people don't... Um, it's either people know that or people don't know it at all. Like it's it's very 50-50. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would say... I know everybody pretty well up until the move to this office. Once this office came, then I was kind of like doing my own thing. I had given up on the situation for a while. I like gave up on my podcast for a little bit. I was like, you know what? No, I'm going to focus on like my real job and, you know, just like working in fashion and whatever. Like it's, this is my life now. Like I was just kind of bummed about it. And then, um, yeah, it ended up all working out. But that's, so there are still so many people here that I like don't know. And now I've gotten to know since coming in January. But, um, but yeah, the like original crew, you know they the just, OGs. Yeah, they, yeah. they just, uh, I just get drunk with them all the time. So yeah, you've been around. They know me. Yeah. <laughs> Only reason why. Hi guys, interrupting you really quickly to tell you about Taser. You've heard me talk about it before. I have the Strike Light. It's rechargeable, it's small, it's compact enough to fit in your glove compartment, or in my case, a purse because I live in New York City. And it just helps me feel safer and protected. It comes with a flashlight on one side, it is rechargeable. And you could get it without a permit in most U.S. states. You could save 15% by going to taser.com with the promo code T. That is spelled T-A-S-E-R dot com with the promo code T, T-E-A, for 15% off. Restrictions do apply, so see the site for details. And don't forget to keep yourself, your family, everyone around you safe by using the Taser Strike Light. So you're my age, you're 30, right? Mm-hmm. And we both live alone yes, in the city. Do. Yes, we do. Um, I want to talk about that a little bit because I always just talk about like mental health here and being single or whatever it may be, like all these things that we go through as like women in our 30s. For sure. What's it like for you hosting a podcast with people that are so much younger or always just being mm. around people that are younger? That for me is, it's sometimes kind of hard. Like I, more than I would have thought it would have been. Wait, also just to fill the listeners in if you're not familiar. So Kelly hosts Because We Got High with Rhea, who's I think 25 or 24. 24, she just turned 24. And then Fran, uh, Fran, I almost just said, um, (laughs) Brianna, who's 21. 22, just turned 22. Oh, 22. They both just had birthdays like. Okay, so 22 and 24 and you're 30. So there is quite. A difference there there's a difference and there is a difference in our like there's we all have different life experiences too like I went to four full years of college and then lived in New York for yeah however many years before coming here so I've like I, that to me feels like a different life like I've totally. lived that life and now this is like a new life yeah. meanwhile like Rhea's never been to or she was in school for like a, a short amount of time and then she came right to Barstow when she was I want to say 19 and um and she's just like lived this life. So she, yeah. this, I would say out of the three of us, she is the best at like 
coming from Barstool full time and like knowing Barstool in and out, mm. the way things work behind the scenes. Like she is very, very good at that. Whereas I, like, I've been around probably about the same amount of time, but not full time like her and not doing the stuff that she did. So it's like her perspective is a lot different. It's very Barstool focused. And then Brie is just like a fresh baby. Like she just doesn't, yeah. you know what I mean? Like she's had a couple of years in college and she now is like, you know, a TikTok star. Blowing so up, her life yeah. is like, I can't relate to that at all. Like, I have no idea what the TikTok part of it is like. But so she knows a little bit about college, like that, uh, or a similar experience to myself. And, um, but sometimes it is weird with the three of us. Like, I have to, I catch myself all the time being kind of negative about it, about like younger stuff. Like, mm. say they're talking about like, oh, Gen Z trends. Yes. Wearing yeah. Like, I'll sometimes middle make, parts. Oh, like younger kids. <laughs> yeah. or I'll say, like, oh, I think that's like an age. I bring up the fact that I think it's an age thing. Like, if we disagree yeah. all the time, I'm like, I think if you were older, you'd think differently. But I also, I have to constantly remind myself, like, how was I thinking at the time of, like, their age? And you don't think, like, oh, they're that much younger than me. But they are a lot younger than me. They're six and eight years younger than me. That's yeah, crazy. That you know is a I mean? lot. Like, that's uh, six years ago, I was a completely different person. So it's, like, it just is funny dealing with it. But I also like their perspectives on things. Like, I like yeah. to hear how they're living their lives and how different they are from mine. And then also the same at the same time. Like, I'll... Rio will talk about how she's going out to some place or whatever. And I'll be like, oh, my God, I went to that place. I lived at that place when I was yeah. 24. And now I'm like, I wouldn't be caught dead. Yeah. But it's it's funny to, like, kind of be thrown back into that mindset. It makes me feel a little bit younger sometimes. Yeah, because I try not to talk about my age too much in a negative sense. Because when mm-hmm. I was, like, 23, I, I remember looking at the 28-year-olds, 27-year-olds, thinking they were so fucking old. So fucking right? old. Right? I remember I being like, friend. oh my God, they're single at 30. That's so embarrassing. No, right? I have a friend. I was, and I like, we laugh about it now all the time because we're still good friends. But um, one of my jobs I worked at in New York, I was 20, maybe 23 or 24 at the time. And she was 20, I think same thing, like 27 mm-hmm. or something. And she was turning 28. And I remember just being like, oh, my God, like, oh, like 28. That's just so old. I can't believe it. And she was like, Jesus Christ. And I was like, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's not that old. I remember at the time being like, fuck, that was such a dick thing to say. And now I think about like 27 year olds. I'm like, oh, my God, baby, you're so young. Like, what are you thinking? (laughs) Like, yeah, like you have no idea right now. Like your life's about to change. That's the thing. Like now as a 30 year old, I feel young. Yeah. And I don't feel like insecure about being 30. No. Like I like I. I almost felt more insecure for 30-year-olds when I was younger. Totally agree. And now that I'm this age, I'm like, oh, like you have so right. you're making more money, mm-hmm. you're more established, you know who you are. Mm-hmm. Like I just feel so much more established in who I am. Yes. I I couldn't agree more. I was talking to my one of my best friends about this. Um because her birthday, oh, her birthday is in a couple of days, actually. Um, she turned 30 in September of last year, and I was talking to her about it because I my birthday's in December, so I was like about to be 30 as well. And I was like, How's it feel? We had make we always make jokes about like being old and yeah. we like pretend not to celebrate our birthdays, like, oh, it's just another day, like, don't worry about <laughs> yeah. it. You know, it was a joke. And she said, She was like, Actually, like, this was a really good birthday. Like, this is the first time, mm-hmm. like, in a while I've been like happy about my birthday and like feeling confident. And she like just got married and she has a really good job. And she's like, I feel so secure in myself right now and so great with myself and my life and whatever that I'm like you know I feel like I'm crushing it wow and I was like honestly you're right that's a good mindset to have at 30 like not like oh I'm old my life's almost ending it's like no I'm like stepping into myself like I finally feel like the person that I am or like the person that I've wanted to be all this time I feel honest and normal and maybe not everybody likes me but I don't really care that much it's just kind of yeah that's a big thing like honesty is the number one thing man you just kind of like learn who you are and it comes 
comes with age and it comes with experience. And I mean, especially working in like, quote unquote, the public eye like mm-hmm. we do, it comes with like feedback and I mean, feedback. I, I love how you say it. So it's nice. Feedback. <laughs> really, really awful I mean, comments and mean criticism like all the time. I yeah. just don't even look at it to be no, quite you honest. No, you can't. You can't. Um, because this is like what I feel like you have to grow and go through. It's like I know who I am. Mm-hmm. And if someone's going to judge me because the way I look or because usually it's never something I said or did. Like, oh, no, no, Because no. I'm pretty mm-hmm. like benign it's always looks based it's yeah. always looks based mm-hmm. especially it's like, as women it's, it's like you don't even based. know who I am yeah mm-hmm. so I don't really care no what you think Joe Schmo I know I also die at like I love occasionally looking through and I'll see some of the trolls and if some of the troll comments are funny I'll be like okay that's like kind of mm-hmm. funny other times it's like it'll come from someone with it's clearly a burner account mm-hmm. or clearly like just bullshitting and I'm like what what are these people going through that they're like, oh, I'm really going to get her. Like, I'm going to say this. I'm really going to, it's going to bother her. It's going to do whatever. And I always feel bad. I'm like, you know what? It's not going to bother me though. Like you're, Mm -hmm. it's not going to bother me as much as you think it's going to bother me. Like maybe I'll make fun of it or talk about it and you'll get a little bit of my attention, but it's never going to, it's not going to like keep me down at this point in my life. It gives me like that instant like stomach pain. Yeah. Like like that gut punch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't like to feel that way, so I don't look. Those... Like, I won't even look through it. Yeah. Because you know why? I'm a people pleaser. I feel that. And I I like people to like me because I feel like I'm kind and I'm nice to people and I try to give people the benefit of the doubt, so I expect it in return. But the truth is, the world doesn't operate that way. Yeah. No, people are rude. People are assholes. Like, that's why I I feel like also, I'm kind of an asshole sometimes, but I don't (laughs) feel bad about it because I'm like, the the way that I'm an asshole is just like... I don't know. It's different from everybody else's. I'm an asshole when I need to be. I'm an asshole when mm-hmm. it's when it's appropriate. I don't seek out yeah, negativity. You're not I'm troll. not mean to people. Yeah, I'm not a troll. I'm not like actively mean to people. But I am brutally honest a lot of the time. And sometimes I look like an asshole in doing that. And I I've definitely had to apologize for being a dickhead like all the time. But um, but it's just a it's like a self awareness thing too. Like if you're self aware and you're a dickhead, you're probably not writing those things you're just like oh whatever like if I come in contact with this person then I maybe will be rude to them or maybe not but you don't go out of your way to like hide behind closed doors and and say Mm. some shit you know it's so interesting well you were on um two like kind of reality tv shows that Barstool put on yes I was so when we first guys my first week in the office was actually insane because I started and they're like Oh, yeah. By the way, do you smell that decaying fish? I'm like, yes. Like, I was almost going to die my first day. Mm -hmm. They're like, yeah, we're doing this thing. It's like Survivor where like 10 employees are living in the office for a week or 10 days or whatever it was. Yeah, it was a week. It was a week. And they're like, and yeah, like they have different challenges. And like today they're eating this like canned fish. It smelt up the entire office. Kelly was one of the 10 people taking part in this week-long experiment, sleeping mm-hmm. in the office. So my first week, there's bean bags all over the place. There's pillows. There's decaying fish. I'm like, yeah. what the hell is going on? That was such a funny thing. So yes, it, we, we did like a <laughs> like a survivor spoof. It was called Surviving Barstool. It was very like tongue-in-cheek version of it. But we still like we lived in the office. We had to like fend for ourselves. And we also could um, or every day we had like a new challenge that we had to do. And they, these went from like we had to bob for nips. It was sponsored by like New Amsterdam. So we had to yeah. bob for New Amsterdam nips. We had to um, eat the gross fish. It was like Stormstrong something. I don't know. Uh, Smelliest fish in the world. I think it's, it's something considered. literally repulsive. Like, it was 
it was so gross. And it did. It smelled up the whole office. To be honest, it didn't smell so much right when you were like up in it. It smelled worse when you were further away. Uh, It was my first day. I'm like choking on smelly fish. Yeah. So it's like that maybe was day three of us being there. Maybe even day two. It was very early in, but we were still like a little delirious. We were also still like excited to be out or I'm not even out but like excited to be in the office and trying to like do this reality show so we're like you know filming all day and then at night we're like man we gotta love some steam we're drinking at the at the bar we're having a good time so I at this point am in like still feeling like I'm in a fever dream like I'm full-time here yeah. I'm in the middle of a thing I'm living in the office what the hell's going on I walked down the stairs and you're sitting there and I was like am I hallucinating like what is happening because I hadn't seen you I or talked to you in so you long were like I'm dying I'm yeah sorry. I hadn't seen you seen or talked to you in so long and I didn't know you were gonna be working here and I was like is that Alyssa like am I <laughs> going insane right now like I gotta go home like, so I gotta quit funny. this show because clearly I'm seeing things like what is happening and that was just a that was such a funny like it, it made me feel good I was like oh my god like, like someone I know, know. and yes yeah, yeah. I know and like and and enjoy I was here. excited that you were like happy to see me oh yeah of course it's like you know you're starting something new it's like intimidating yeah like, yeah <laughs> for sure yeah 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 but no I was like I was so psyched because you're you are of my like of a time in my life that's just so much different than Barstool mm. we're in like the I, I always hesitate to like try to put this into words because I always say like my old life, but it's like my like fashion life or like the life where mm-hmm. I had my own podcast. And it's like, you know, a lot of the people that I know that have nothing to do with Barstool. And like, you yes. just are, you're kind of from a different pocket. They're kind of, of my, my own time. My old life too. In yeah. A way. Like, yes. Now we're both kind of, we're in that same space in that way. We're like, yeah, like I, you know, I think more about what I'm wearing to this office than I ever did at my old jobs. Cause I don't want to look like an asshole. Like I don't want to show up in like my, you know, whatever fashion forward outfit I think that I'm wearing that I would have worn to like the V office where I used to work and like I don't wear yesterday I wore um whatever they're called like boots with a little bit of a heel to them and everybody was like oh oh, Oh, what's going on and I was like I mean these are from Zara like they're not even that I have two speeds in in life and it's hard Mm -hmm. for me at this office because I'm either dressed to the nines mm-hmm. or in sweatpants and it's hard to like have like in between clothes. Yes. I'm trying so hard to be in between and it's so difficult. It's so hard. And that's right. Like I used to be able to just dress up all the time or like look cute or whatever. And I still have to look cute. I'm still on camera and everything. But if you wear something that's like a little a little too outlandish for like the basketball <laughs> shorts in the office, people are like, whoa, whoa well, that's what's my going other on? Thing. I'm like, I'm not it's trying crazy. to be on like lowering the bar wearing like <laughs> like a fancy hat that's or something. You know what I mean? Like, I literally wore like a bucket hat, like a corduroy bucket hat on lowering the bar and I was like I wore that to the office and everybody was like oh bucket hat like non-ironically I'm like no it's it's, this is like a fashion statement this is popular right now (laughs) and it just was like shit like that where if you wear something that's a little bit out of the ordinary or a little bit off the beaten track but I get compliments when I dress up like people are like yeah everyone's very complimentary but it's always like a it's a show-stopping situation yes yeah at all times so it just depends on my mood do I want to stop the show today or do I want to blend right (laughs) in? blend right in yeah yeah, yeah. wear the sweatpants if you want to blend in exactly but exactly but back to surviving barstool you were on Mm -hmm. that show then you were on barstool versus america another Mm -hmm. um this time sponsored by high noon Mm -hmm. everyone was in an rv traveling different parts of the u.s taking part in competitions Kind of similar to the challenge, I would say, if I yeah, had to equate it was it very to much something. like the challenge. We were in five cities. We took the RV. but There were two RVs, two teams. We switched back and forth between the teams based on, like, like voting people off and stealing people and whatever. And uh, each city had a different challenge and a different happy hour. So we got to, like, meet people out in every city, which is really cool. But the challenges were very much like the challenge. Like, they were... <laughs> 
you know, I'm like oh, physical. I'm like, yeah, very physical. And I am not a physical person. Like I don't go to the gym. I'm so lazy. Like I'm I'm lucky to be thin. I've always been thin my whole life, but I am just so out of shape. Like I can't run down the street. You know what I mean? Like I am just so bad at all that kind of shit. And they didn't tell me like the the level of exertion that I'd have to bring to this. Like Logan, who produced like the whole thing, I kept telling him, like, hey man, I can't like run a mile without puking. Like just so you know. Yeah, like, uh. And he was like, hmm, good to know. And I'm like, you don't you don't care. Like you're still gonna yeah, torture you're gonna me. Make me- run a mile and they did and they did but it I mean it was it was amazing it was incredible you did good in the running challenge yeah well I mean I I would have been better if I could run you know what I mean like if I wasn't it wasn't horrible it was also so much adrenaline and like you guys have to go back and watch I think Barcelona it's worth watching more than yes very much so yes just survivor surviving Barcelona is very funny and like it is it's more it's very like tongue-in-cheek it's supposed to be making fun of survivor it's like a whole thing but Barcelona vs. America is a legit reality tv show like that is like a, a competition show and it is no bullshit and it'll it'll have you on the edge of your seat it really will like whenever I show my friends I'm so scared because Jen's like we're gonna get you on next year and I'm like oh, oh my Jesus god if Christ. you did I bet you'd be good at it though with this like the strategy stuff the the I'm challenges are I a think. little yeah that's I'm, that's what I mean like I you're because you're kind of sporty like people wouldn't think people it, would underestimate yeah. me and then I'd like pull something exactly out. <laughs> which is the best feeling and I'm I'm not totally uncoordinated it's just the it's my cardio is it but really I'm really me. bad with memory things your that's my only thing. on yeah. all these shows is your memory memory stuff is good for me yeah so on this last show you did find yourself in an in office um a showman <laughs> yeah showman yes I uh I fell into a showman's unexpectedly so yes. I th- as one does on reality tv so it's interesting because we work in an office where like a lot of people do date because like yeah just, it kind of just happens because we're all like the same age and like mm-hmm. It's nothing, it's not like superiors, it's like equals, you know? Yes. And it kind of just happens sometimes. And we see you and Vibs kind of spark a little romance on the show. Mm -hmm. And I think the public is confused if this is for content or actually happening. I I love... To perpetuate the confusion. <laughs> That's my favorite thing in the world is to perpetuate the confusion. Um, I will say that that Vibs is amazing. I love him. He's incredible Like as a person, I think. I think he works really hard. And I think that he... Um, he's just... He's he's great. He really is He's great. a really nice guy. And, uh, and I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him until this trip. Like, we'd always kind of been friendly, like, hung out a little bit, but... Never really spent a lot of time until this trip. And I'm glad that we got to spend time on the trip because I don't think I would have like gotten the opportunity to know yeah. what a great person he is if not for it. So I'm very thankful for the trip. <laughs> okay, guys. That's the tea. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Vibs is a really nice person. I have he to is. say. Everyone's very nice here. Like So nice. So nice. Um, they try really hard. And... To be nice, I think. Yeah, and I think like people kind of love following along I posted something that you DM'd me the other day and I sent it to you and someone oh messaged me and was like this is like this is why she gets along with Vibs because <laughs> like it was like something like nerdy it's so like, funny about- <laughs> no 100% it's also that also the fact that we're we're exactly the same height we're basically like same height and weight like pretty much he weighs more than me but barely and, I was gonna um, say does he yeah like literally barely like, yeah. he's got like 20 pounds on me maybe maybe like 30 at this point but he um the, my normal like if you were to look at my dating track record and think like, oh, who's your type? Like, what's mm. your type? Whatever. My type has always just been like very tall. Doesn't matter what their face looks like. They're probably an asshole. Like, that's just mm. always what it's been. And like every none of my boyfriends look the same. Have like, you ever all... dated someone your height or shorter? No. No, I haven't. Yeah, I'm picky with that too. But you're a yeah. tall girl. I'm 5'3". So it's like... annoying being a tall yeah. girl. Like, it's so annoying. You know what, though, too, I think is 
in my head, my whole life, I've always been like, oh, like your boyfriend or the guy you're seeing or anything has to be like taller than you. Otherwise, you know, whatever. And I am tall. I'm 5'9", which isn't like, I'm not, you know, gargantuan. I'm not really yeah, struggling. You're not but if I'm like wearing Amazon. heels, it's, I'm like six foot almost every time I'm wearing like decent heels. And, um, and a lot of guys are like barely six foot. Like that's just kind of a thing. And so usually I just like don't even pay attention to anybody that's my height or shorter mm. I don't know why I never paid attention. I always just I like, oh, whatever. Just kind of groomed to think you need someone bigger than right. You. Like it was always just like immediate friend zone in my head. And um, for people who are thinking that way, I think that you should not think that way because people it doesn't that doesn't totally matter. Like it doesn't. You can still feel. My thing always was like. I need somebody so tall because I like to feel small and yeah. I, I, cause I never get to feel small cause I'm just giant and I walk around and I'm whatever. <laughs> and cause I'm thin, I like look taller and so yeah. it's a whole thing. So I just, I'm always wanting to feel small. You, that feeling small, I've come to realize is just like feeling comforted and feeling like mm. someone is there for you and someone like has your back and whatever. And anybody can make you feel that way if you That's like let interesting. them. That's interesting. You know, also something that I've learned. Also not to bring it back to age, but to bring it back to age. Yeah. It's because I was saying this today. Someone was interviewing me for their podcast and I was saying my list went from this Mm -hmm. to this. Like I used to be like tall, athletic, this, that, all superficial. Totally. Now you ask me my list, it's like a good person Mm -hmm. does Mm -hmm. self-work, you know, socially liberal. Like, you know, like shit that's just like about being a decent human. It's so true. And... I agree because like as you get older now that I am 30 it's like people that I thought like oh maybe I wouldn't have like given you a chance because I was a superficial bee mm-hmm. like earlier in my life like now I'm like oh you're a really nice person and like I need to be open to this yes. and I think that's a good point and it does come with age it's it definitely comes with age and it's also I, I like right now it's uh it's quality over quantity like in a, in a way it's like if yeah. you are like you said if you're a good person or you care for me or you you put forth the effort into showing that you care about me. Yeah. That is is my personally for me the most important thing. Like I am a I'm a nurturer big time. Like I like to I can't necessarily like be a provider like taking care of in in that way and mm-hmm. like you know making sure everything is there, but I'm always checking up on people. I'm always making sure they're okay. How can I help if I can? Mm-hmm. Like I'm very much like a I just want people to feel comfortable around me and how can I help in that way? And I think that um a lot of people have trouble accepting that and it's made me like want to do it less. Like it's like, Oh, I don't want to be too much. I don't want to like come out of the gate, like asking you like what, what kind of snacks do you like? So if ever you come over to my house, like there are snacks here that you like, like, stuff like that where I'm just like, I just, I'm trying to be considerate. I'm trying to like bring you into my life in in whatever way. Yeah. In whatever way that you can, but, and it goes both ways. Like girls have a hard time too. If guys are like that, they're immediately deemed like clingy and they're too Mm. nice and whatever, but it's nice to find someone who's kind of on that same page and you can be honest about it and talk about it and maybe talk about the insecurities that come with it and just kind of, you know, go from there. Like there's less pressure. There's less of a, of a strain on the situation. Like if you just are honest about how you're feeling, it's kind of nice. But that's also with, I think learning about yourself, like being able to articulate, like, this is what I need in someone Mm -hmm. and this is what I want. And I think that comes with like a confidence too, of being like, I've dated and this hasn't worked for me in the past. Right. And I don't want to go down that path again. Completely. Learning from mistakes. It's always, it's always incredibly important. That's why I actually don't mind being single at 30 right now, currently for me, because I'm like, I know who I am Mm -hmm. and like my next relationship, it's going to be very much like 
it has to be a certain type of way. Totally. You know what I mean? Totally. I, I actually agree with you in the way of like, um, at this age, my, let's see, let me get my, my brain right. My last relationship was, was so serious and really devastating to me. Like we obviously didn't work out. And, um, it was like at that point I finally was like, okay, I don't care about being single anymore. Cause for a long time it was like, oh, I don't want to be single. I want yeah, a boyfriend. I want, I want a boyfriend, whatever. After that breakup, I was like, okay, I don't give a fuck if I like have a boyfriend or not. I'm just like, I, I want basic things. Like I am lonely. I am like sad and I want someone to be caring about me or to know someone's caring about me, whether they're my boyfriend or not. That doesn't really matter to me at this point. And it's taken me a few years to kind of get back to a point where I'm comfortable even saying those things, like even admitting like how, just how lonely I was, yeah. you know? And it's like, sometimes you're lonely in ways where you're like, Oh, someone's not physically with me. It's like, okay, yeah, you can be lonely in that way, mm. but you can also be lonely in the way of like, I just feel like if, you know, if, if something bad happens to me, like I want somebody to call, I want somebody to text, I want, you know, whatever, mm. like that kind of stuff gets to you. And you know, your friends step in and you have like yeah. people in your life. You're, you're never actually alone, but that feeling of loneliness that comes with like a partner is sort of what I think now is something that I think about versus like just being single or having a boyfriend. Like it's, it's not, yeah. it's more, it's a little deeper now. It's well, not so, know it's so messed up. Yeah. What? I don't feel lonely and that's the bigger problem. Because I feel like that's actually good though. No, because I think it's under, like, I don't think I feel my feelings. Really? Yeah. Cause I've been talking to my therapist about yeah, this because yeah. she's like, you're not feeling like I'm very just like, I'm fine. But Damn. I really feel fine. Like, genuinely. I mean, what's but, wrong with, like, being fine? I, some days I was fine. But like, I, some days I'd be like, oh, I'm going to die. But other days I was like, you know what? No, I'm, I'm like a I, bad like, bitch really, walking down the street. I really feel fine. But I think it comes out in other ways. Sure. Do you sure. know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, So, yeah. like, I'm almost, like, suppressing my emotions so much that, like, I don't even know how to feel. So, like, mm-hmm. my therapist sometimes is like, if you feel lonely, like, cry. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, what's that concept? Like, yeah, are you, like, a crier? I'm a big crier. So, I... I, I I think I, I'm sensitive. Like, let's yeah. say I'm, like, fighting with my mom or my sister. I'll cry my eyes out. Sure, sure. But I don't just, like, sit home and, like, cry myself to sleep. Like, if I'm, like, sad about being single, I'm like, no. Nah. Yeah. Like, I'm really, like, I don't, like, wallow in my yeah. emotions, which I think is now I'm coming to learn through, like, months of therapy. I'm like, wow, I'm, like, really not in touch with my emotions. Even though yeah. I'm so, like, vulnerable and I'm so open and I do talk about things, they're still kind of, like, a wall up like between my feelings to me I know this is like a new development in my life I'm trying to think about about myself like if I'm crying I I have like cried myself to sleep before but never about like the general idea of being single it's always like I miss my ex-boyfriend or Mm. I miss these times or I miss how I felt at that time like it's always something specific that I'm crying about I cry if like my feelings are hurt yeah that's that is I mean that makes sense too no but I know some people cry because they're like I'm single. I'm alone. I'm the, definitely. Like, I don't do that. Definitely feel that. Do that. I don't get that. That to me, I also don't. I have friends that are like that. Yeah. I've never been like crying about just about that. It's always like I said, a little more pointed, a little more specific. Do you ever or have you been in like a like a life altering relationship? Like maybe maybe you just haven't like got your shit rocked. <laughs> I you think know? the difference in a bad is way. I've been the one to be like this isn't serving me. I don't think I've like really experienced heartbreak yeah. when someone else ripped the plug on me. Right. I've had like heartbreak from like situationships where it's like that agonizing, like what could be because you know, when you like, you like someone and then they, they only like you when you're not available and then you oh, like, course. it's that push and pull like yeah. that kind of like agony I've felt, mm-hmm. but like real, real like heartbreak, like 
I'm usually the one to like end the relationship, which yeah. is kind of like lucky, I guess. That is way. lucky. I feel like a lot of times when people are in that situation, I-, I wouldn't say that you are like not in touch with your emotions. I think that maybe you just haven't had to tap into that kind of emotion. Like you haven't had to cry yourself to sleep. You haven't mm. had to feel so bad you know what I mean and also some people if they get broken up with they are they're crying about it they're sad about it and they get over it kind of fast other people wallow in it for literally three years like me so so I'm the bed bound for three years I'm like oh you fucked me over okay I'll never think about you again yeah like like that's a good way to think about it though it is on the outside like my friends are like wow like you really shut that down and I'm like yeah yeah. it did like it's very empowering (laughs) sure but I think I'm not dealing with it is my point right 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 like I'm just like how would you so, okay, so that's your, that's like your defense mechanism, sort of, where you're just like, oh, whatever, fuck that. Yeah. Do you ever get mad? Like, do you think of, about it? Like, say you have to think back about it, right? Mm-hmm. And what would your thought be there? Would you be like, oh, I, like, fuck that guy? Or, oh, I'm angry about that? Or, oh, that means nothing to me? Or is it, do you ever look back, like, fondly and sadly, like, oh, that was kind of nice? Or, oh, I do wish that that worked out? Or, like, how, how do you... I'm trying to think of my most recent things. thing and I truly believe the guy was a raging psycho. Mm-hmm. So like I look and back at it as like, damn, I dodged a bullet. Yeah. Like, so I don't, do you know what I mean? Like I, I think I'm very confident in the fact that like, I think I'm a good catch. Yeah. Like I just yeah. do. Like I Absolutely. know, I know my heart. Like I think I'm a good partner. I think I'm, would take care of you. Like you said, like you're nurturing, like mm-hmm. I'm the same way. Yeah. So in my head, I'm like, okay, then maybe you're just not my person if it didn't work out yeah. because with the right person, it's going to be mutual and it's going to totally. click. So I think that's why sometimes I don't lose sleep over things because I just believe in my heart. Like if we were meant to be, we'd be, Yeah. but we're not. I love that way of thinking though. I, and I, I don't think, I mean, you know, I'm not going to like go against your therapist. I don't necessarily yeah. think that that's so unhealthy. I think that's a very optimistic way to look about things. I'm very realistic. Yeah. I think it's realistic. Like, and I fault. also think it's optimistic though yeah. because um I keep referring to like my last relationship that I was so heartbroken it was the first time I'd ever been like really dumped yeah, like, like I was like this is like usually other situations where like I I had done the breaking up or it was a little mutual or it was like I maybe wasn't so sad about the breakup mm. whatever this this one in particular just it just rocked my whole world like it was just like oh my god I saw everything differently like it was so hard to come back from and I never thought that I would be somebody to be affected like that but it was such a shot at my ego like it just everything all my confidence that I had had at the time I didn't realize was kind of like given to me by the relationship that I was in mm. and that bothered me too. Like it bothered, it made me mad at myself, made me mad yeah. about like the situation. Like I gave so much of myself yes. to you that now that you're gone, yeah. I need to pick back up the pieces. Exactly. Like I'm, I'm stuck here by myself picking up the pieces. Also too, when you put yourself out there on, on such a, such a limb, like your whole body's out there. Like there's a person out there that knows literally everything about me and rejected me for it. Like that feels yes. shitty. You know what I mean? I totally get that. And so if you think about it like that, or if you dwell on it like that, that's when you start falling into the pattern of like, I'm crying all the time or I'm sad. Cause you just feel, you feel sad about the relationship. You miss your ex, but you also feel mad at yourself because it's like, I've been rejected for literally who I am. Like that's and a shitty feeling. At least for me, it's like, how did I not- I don't like when I have to question my own intuition because mm-hmm. I consider yes. myself to have a really good Ugh. read on people. I agree with that. And this. when someone like plays me or does mm-hmm. something that I didn't see coming, I'm like, where was, where did I go wrong? Like I yeah. almost doubt myself because mm-hmm. I'm like, I should have caught this. And maybe totally. that's like really being hard on yourself, but you kind of start being like, how was I so blinded to, to I, this? I feel the exact same way. I get so mad when I, yeah. or, or like I'll, 
I'll remember myself like overlooking something. Like something will happen and I'll be like, you, you know, know what, it was though? a red flag. I'm like, you fucking know what? Like yes. I remember seeing that and I didn't bring it up because I was like, you know what? No, Kelly, you're being cynical. You're yes. this, you're whatever. And then I'll be like, I fucking knew it. I should have trusted my uh-huh. gut. I should have trusted myself. And you get so upset about that and you you become really hard on yourself. But yeah, it's because like, you're like, how did I, like I knew that right. was a red flag and I let it go. Right, exactly. But then sometimes it's like, but you have to give things the benefit of right, the doubt. You have to give things the benefit of the doubt. You also, you can't, if you live your life looking for red flags all the time, mm. You're going to find something mm-hmm. that you don't like and then you're, that's how you're going to live. You know what I mean? It's just going to be negative all the time and it's just going to be you on edge waiting for things to blow up or waiting to pull the plug yourself so you don't get the plug pulled on you. 100%. It's like a tough thing. Can I say something that uh, a piece of advice that I received recently? Yes. And um, I'm trying to decide if I want to say who gave the advice or not. <laughs> I won't I won't say who gave me the advice, okay. but it's very, very insightful advice and I've been telling it to all my friends like... I should probably tell it's it's a, it's like a gentleman it who gave you. me this advice. Yeah. Yes. And I like it just for some reason like hits home so bad. He said to me that I was explaining a situation with someone that I have like a a bit of a back and forth relationship with. It's like emotionally painful, but mm. also like it's just it's a very tough situation. I was explaining it. And he told me that he thinks that some people have people come into their lives and they they come in and they like they tear each other up in a good way. Like they are Mm -hmm. so bound to each other and then maybe they rip apart, but then they kind of come back together and mend through and they become like scar tissue where it's always Mm -hmm. there and you just have to accept that it's always going to be there, but you just have to adapt to it and change in like change in according accordance with it. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm not explaining it as well. No, I I get what you're saying. Does that make sense? Like people can be scar tissue, not just, not just anything else. And I think that that to me made me feel good because I was like, yeah, this person that is kind of like coming in out of my life and hurts me and I've maybe like moved on from it and they're not intentionally hurting me. But it's still there. But they're still there. Yeah. And it's always going to hurt and it's always going to feel a certain way. And to think of it as like, oh, that's just scar tissue. Like, yeah, it's going to be there. You got to just kind of let it settle in and like Mm. change your feelings on it. Like don't keep trying to push it away. It doesn't mean it's going to go away. Exactly. Just like accept that it's a part of your life. It's a part of your story. I I like that. I like that too because it's like you don't have to be so anti. Like push away, push away. Right, right, right. right. It's a good way of just like it's here and I'm accepting it. Exactly, yeah. Like it's here, I'm accepting it. I'm trying to figure out how to deal with it and uh, you know. Maybe it gets worse. Maybe it gets better, but it'll be there. Enough of our problems. Let's I help know. other people answer their problems. Though. I loved. I loved doing that. Oh, I great. just love a good therapy with a friend. Me like, too. Feels so nothing's good. better. I know. So now we're just going to give people advice on their problems love because it. we all freaking have them. Ask Alyssa. This is long, but I'm seriously torn on what to do. I haven't heard you cover this topic at all yet on the pod, so I'm sure you'll get to it. My best friend told me she decided to get a divorce. I feel terrible for her husband. However, it was literally out of the blue, and none of our friends saw it coming. Part of me actually may believe she may be experiencing oh a manic episode because of the decision she's had a history of mental health issues over the years spent 2018 to 2020 with debilitating health issues where her husband was her main care provider Mm. now she's starting to feel better again and partying and going out again and deciding this we've been friends for almost 20 years and I seriously don't know how to express my concern without hurting her I'm wondering if you have any advice for how to express my concern without totally without her totally being upset with me I just don't want her to make this Big decision, which you may look back a year from now and regret it. Any feedback is welcomed. Whoa, there's a lot to unpack there. I say that's an intense. That's an intense message. I think off the top, it's that's a really hard thing to deal with because, and you also don't want to generalize that she's no. like potentially going through something. No, you don't want that to happen. I think that 
in this situation, if you're close enough friends with this person that you know about her like mental health history, I would like say this was happening to one of my friends. I'm going to put myself in this girl's situation. Mm -hmm. Maybe my best friend is going through this right now. I maybe think that she's fucking up and I maybe want to bring it up. The only way I'm probably going to bring it up is like a, hey, like maybe you've been, you've been like a little wild lately. You've been kind of all over the place. Like, are you sure that you want to do this? Like, are you feeling Mm. good about it? Because if you are, I support you. Mm. I just want to be a friend and ask because it is a big decision. It's a big like life change, whatever. And then. Or suggest like, have you guys tried therapy? Like, do you maybe want to like like try some more things before you make this huge life decision? Right. But then you also have to remember that like you are her friend, but it's her life. You know what I mean? She's going to do what she's going to do. And if this is a mistake in your mind and you think that she's going to make it like she's got to make it. And maybe if she makes this mistake and realizes it was a mistake, you'll be there to pick up the pieces. Mm -hmm. Or if she goes through with this and it ends up being like a great thing for her in her life, then good for her too. It's so hard to, to tell like what's best for people and what's going on in their brains and what they've told you over the years. Like I feel like, especially with relationships with your friends, like you hear like the good parts about the relationship, you hear the bad parts about the relationship, but you are not in the relationship. So you don't know. Like, you what's never best know for the them. dynamic. Yeah, really. you never really know. And so it's kind of like you, all you can go off is what they're telling you and you just have to be supportive. And if you think yeah. that she's going through like a manic thing, then I would say if you really think it's she's going through it and it's like a danger to her life, I would maybe like ask her other friends mm-hmm. or like people who aren't in your immediate circle. Like maybe, you know how there's like people have multiple groups of friends. Yeah. Like, if my friend was going through it, I'd maybe talk to one of her college friends or talk to somebody else who knows her in like a different way just for clarity on like, what do you think about this? And mm-hmm. if everybody's kind of in, in on the same page with thinking that something's wrong, then maybe have a little bit of a conversation. Be like, we're just a little worried about you. This is a crazy decision. But if you're if this is you're, you're sticking sure to it. it, then, you know, it's your life. You got to do you. I feel the exact same. Sometimes you don't realize what's going on. Like you may from the outside think she has a great relationship with her husband, but you don't really know the dynamic behind closed doors. Mm -hmm. And maybe it took her years of courage to lead up to this moment. Like you just don't know. So I agree, but I think you could just sit down with her and be like, Hey, like I support you getting a divorce, but I just want to make sure you're doing okay. Like, is there anything that maybe you guys could work on or, and maybe she'll say to you, Hey, X, Y, Z has been going on. And then you're like, Oh no, I totally support it. Yeah. Yeah. You just don't know. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes a lot of these things, when people write in asking for advice with friends, I realize that you're like the people writing in are taking on the friend's problems as if it's like their life almost. Totally, totally. And it's like, I do that too with friends. If my Same. friend's in pain, I internalize it as Same well. Same because you care about them and you, you're like, yeah. oh no, like we are fixing this problem together. Yes. But in reality, it's like they have to fix it. At the problem. end of the day, it's like, it's their life to like, quote unquote, like mess up. Yeah, Or exactly. make better or whatever it is. And like, all you could do is just be someone for them to lean on and like support them through their problems. Completely. And that's, that is such a... I would say as an adult, that's been one of my, like another one of my like hard lessons to learn is like not inserting yourself in friends problems or even like, mm-hmm. like not even just girlfriends, like guy friends, you see guy friends going through problems. Like you don't always have the best advice, even though you think you do because you're a girl or you see exes who are struggling and you're like, I want to insert myself and help them. But it's like, no, I already took myself out of the situation. Yeah. I can't now bully my way back in totally. just because I see some things going on. You have to really think about is my is my help needed here or is my support needed here? And is it wanted? Yes, and is it wanted? Do you know my new exactly. thing with friends? I'll mm-hmm. say, like my one friend was going through something with her job yeah. where she like wasn't sure if she should quit or stay or whatever. And I asked her, and I think this is a really good way to go about confrontation. I said, do you 
can I be candid with you right now? Like yeah. I asked for her permission to for like sure. lay it on heavy. Yeah. And she was like, yes. Cause sometimes like you can't just lay something on someone if they're not ready to like receive totally. it. Yeah. And she was like, yes. And I was like very frank in a nurturing, nice way. And like, she heard my advice and I think it was like really well received because I made sure she was like there to accept the criticism kind of completely I think that's so important too in in your friendships especially like adult friendships like if because sometimes we were saying before how you're sensitive I'm sensitive too in receiving criticism from my Mm. friends sometimes I want to just vent and I want you to like be on my side I want you to be ride or die and just blindly agree with me talk shit with me like this is my this is what I'm doing to make myself feel better about the situation the reality of it is like I understand and I'll deal with it later but right now I just want I just want you to talk some shit other times I'm genuinely asking I don't know what's going on I like I'm you know I'm seeking out help and I don't necessarily know what kind of help I need and those are the times when you as a friend you need to recognize those times for your friends and be like hey seems like you're going through some real shit right now do you want to talk about it for real or do you want to just like joke about it like Mm. we can do either way but it is good to ask it's on you as the person to be like like, do you think it's on me? Let's say I just want to vent and talk mm-hmm. shit, and I agree. I don't want. I don't want advice. No, no. I just want to relish in this like feeling. Totally, that yeah. Do like, you I think just need a minute to get it out? On me to be like upfront and be like, I don't need advice right now. I mm-hmm. just need a bitch for a second. Sometimes, yes. Like I, I do that all the time. But then occasionally the same topic will come up a bunch of times. Like I'll, I think the first time you're like, Oh, I just need a bitch about this. Mm. I think I'm like the fifth time where you're like, I just need a bitch about this. It's like friends, like the friend can be like, okay, you've been bitching about this a lot. Get over it. It's it's either like, get over it. Or do you want my real advice? And Mm. then at that point, usually a friend will just be like, Oh, okay, fine. Like, yes, you're right. I've been complaining about it too much. It's taking up too much space in my brain. Like, what do you think I should do about it to like, get it out of here? That happened with me recently. I like, had a situation with a guy and I like texted my friend being totally dramatic mm-hmm. like I was just being so dramatic about yeah. the entire thing because that was my feelings in that moment and I wanted her to be dramatic and playful back with exactly me, but she was being practical mm-hmm. which wasn't necessarily fair for either of us because she didn't realize I needed that and exactly, I didn't yeah. realize she so we almost kind of had like a misunderstanding where she was like I don't know what I did wrong and I'm like you're being too normal (laughs) right like that that is how it goes crazy with me for a second and be like oh my god yeah like I love him for you yeah like just she was like I don't think he's good for you and I'm like I don't need to hear this right now it's like like this I don't need the brutal honesty at this moment like I just like just let's be let's be crazy for a second that's why I'm wondering like maybe next time up front I'm like okay I'm just gonna be crazy for a second like just be here for me I think that that (laughs) is that's like a good way to go about it again just honesty always coming back to honesty like if you are if you're honest even with your friends about how you want to be received and how you want to like receive them. It, yeah. it makes things a lot easier for you. It stops a lot of fights. Cause I feel like I don't often fight with my friends. Mm-hmm. I'm lucky in that way. Me I think too. we all are pretty much like we can, we can sense when each other like are maybe on edge a little bit and we don't push each other's buttons, but the, any fights that I have gotten into are like, if they're being too real for me at that moment, or if mm-hmm. they're trying to be mature and I'm being immature or something, and I just don't want to hear it or I'm, I'm being a brat or yeah. something like that and vice versa. Same thing to them. And I think that recognizing that you can be like that sometimes is, is a good thing. I think it's like, it makes you less upset with your friends. Yeah. Like you if they're to real to you, be like, it's more of like an eye roll instead of like actual anger. Like, Oh, I just wanted you to be crazy. Yeah. Not yeah. like, what the fuck? Like you're not, you're yeah. just, I'm not asking for advice ever again. Like not, you know, I agree. Don't take it so seriously. Yes. Yes. All right, guys, we're going to spill the tea while I have Kelly here. I want yes. her to spill the tea with me. I have three things written down on my list. I think all of them you've probably know about and or seen. Fabulous. Did you watch? He's all that. 
<laughs> the Addison Wright movie. Did I watch He's All That? <laughs> Alyssa, I have watched He's All That, I think, three times now. I've watched it twice. I love it. Okay. I love it. I think it's cute, too. <laughs> it's adorable. It's so ridiculous. I laughed the entire movie. Yeah. I think, like... I don't know if I was supposed to laugh the entire movie. It's so absurd. <laughs> Not exactly a comedy. Right, but, but it's so, so absurd, but adorable at the same time. I love so it. So I think I enjoyed it because I am one of those people that watches the cheesy Netflix rom-coms. Like, yes, me too. I've me watched too. All the Boys I Loved Before. I watched The Kissing Booth. The Kiss- Kissing Booth 3 was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. You know, I didn't, I did, I didn't it. even watch it because you told me. You were like, uh, don't even Me and Mackenzie both were like, crying. Oh we're like, this is the worst thing I've literally ever seen. That's, it's on like the bottom of my list. I will watch it eventually. But I still haven't finished it. Yes. It's that bad. Oh my God. But my point is, I know what kind of acting those types of movies require. Exactly. And it's not very... I want to say I was going to say high, high end. Brow. It's, it's not like high, high brow. brow. No, it's not. It's not Oscar. It's Nobody's cheesy. winning an Oscar for he's all that. So, it's supposed to be a cheesy rom com. So I went in knowing it was going to be a cheesy rom com. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't disappointed. Yes. Whereas like my friend who's in acting school was like, I mean, it, it's really not good. And I'm like, no, like I know it's not good. Yeah. But that's why I like it. That's what makes it good. Yeah. Like not, not all movies <laughs> have so to bad. be so serious. It's it could fit seamlessly into like a Hallmark genre. It's, like it's, it's very a much what I call a Hibley. A hundred percent. They um everything that they do like right into him like riding in on a white horse yeah like yeah. all of the like just symbolism beaten to uh-huh. death like all of the even the part where um where they're sitting and he's describing like what's happened to his family and he's mm-hmm. like oh yeah my mom you know she passed away four years ago very soon plane crash really tragic yeah, like all this like, shit you're whoa. like oh fuck like yeah. they're really like they're they're crushing it all in like as much yeah, you're right like every much, like, trauma as they can every cliche why like, does every movie have a death like a parent that died. Do you notice this? Know. Like I think every child's like rom com, even to all the boys I loved before. Mm-hmm. On I think the kissing booth or one of them, it's like the dad disappeared or took yes. off or like I it's think always it's about, something. I think it's something to show that there's like extra strain on someone's life. Like I feel like whenever they're whenever people have like a uh, textbook uh, like nuclear family, mm-hmm. right? Is that's what that's what's called yeah. when you have like like a mom, a dad, and kids. Oh yes, I think that it people view that as like oh that's easy like their life is easier because they like grew up in a regular house I like see. quote unquote regular there's no no yeah. such thing as that really anymore but like they've had they had both their parents they like grew up differently it's always like the like the kind of affluent family in a thing that has like yes. all their parents together and all the shit together and i think it's like having the protagonist have like a, a like built a hardship. in hardship yeah makes it um makes their like story arc a little bit better like they've overcome yeah, so every much time, you know what I mean? yeah. yeah every time it's just it's like i in my opinion the laziest like well because i have friends that like in a movie have lost their mom and they're like oh get like because right. for them it's hard to like relive that and it's of like course, every yeah. movie Every it's, movie, it, there's they're always like, a dead oh my god, do I need to? Mm-hmm. Like for them, they almost want like escapism a little exactly, bit. And they're yeah. like, oh my god, like I don't need to think about. Yeah, this like all this. The time. Now I'm gonna cry about this. Like I yeah. always, and, and also like the movies like that just love to tug at your heartstrings, like whatever oh, yeah. they can to make you cry. And dead parents make you cry. How do you think Addison Rae did? I think Addison Rae was exactly how I expected her to be. Me too. I think that she she's obviously not she's not an actress. She's also a she's twenty years old. Is she even twenty one yet? She's twenty. She's so young. She's never been an actress. She's never been anywhere. She was never she, even like in a show. She like, was this she, was a That's big, what I'm saying. She was never in a show. She never I think she's done like one live red carpet mm-hmm. in her life. Like she is only on TikTok. She is an established person and she's fantastic in what she does. But she this is her first time doing anything like this. Yeah. And it's supposed to be cheesy and she is already like a little cheesy she is and uh, you know purposefully I'm sure and uh and I think that she knocked out of the park I think that like she was perfect it it was 
perfect for her role. Well, because the thing with her is, I think it's an immaturity thing. Like when she's getting paparazzi or she's in interviews, even when she was on Jimmy Kimmel, she laughs the whole time. Like, yes, it's like, it's a like nervous, an uncomfortable. It's like, nervous ah! like yeah. you know what I mean? Totally. It's kind of like a lot. Because she's like a kid and she's on she's, fucking Jimmy Fallon. You know what I mean? So she's a little nervous. I was almost picturing more. I thought she was going to bring that more to the role. And yeah. she was almost a little bit more contained than I even For expected. Sure. So I was like, okay. She was very much like, uh, it to me felt like, oh, I'm reading my lines and I'm, yeah. and I'm acting in this thing. But there were some moments where I could tell that she was like herself came through. Yeah. And those like, I, I hate referencing this I get moment, what you're where saying. they like fall, when she falls off the horse, they fall into like the horse she's laughing. And she's laughing and she's like, uh, she like throws poop yeah. in his face, yeah. which is insane. But then says something like, um, she's like, oh, it's mostly grass, right? And she's like mm-hmm. joking around. And in that moment, I was like, that seemed like a genuine, like, I'm flirty and jabbing yeah, like with my fun. friend. Like that was, so I think that there are like parts to her that are legitimately like good. I think she'll but grow. hundred yeah. percent. I think that everybody has to start somewhere. Also People acting starting, is no joke. Acting is no fucking joke, especially for a whole movie. Well, cause you, you have, have to, to not time. be in your head to act. Right. And like as someone that's media trained, you're only in your head. Only that's where you're you live. putting together a character. Like it's very different. It's mm. very different. And you have to feel it and you have to have that be like, that's my biggest body that character. And I think that she did a pretty good job. I, I think that she was great. I think the movie is fantastic. The only complaint I have really is the the like quote unquote ugly kid was hot as fuck. Like just so hot. all he needed was a haircut. Like that was literally yeah. it. Nothing no, I was else. into like, it. So hot. Um. Okay. Next conversation point is Courtney and Travis in Italy, which oh we my. know. Oh my. Scott DMing Yunes. Y- what the hell is his name? Giannis. Giannis. Something. Yeah, um, yeah. I can't think. Benjinjima. I can't think of his last name. Um, right basically, now. Scott DMing Courtney's ex, saying, "Could you believe this chick? She's all over him in Italy." Blah blah blah. And Eunice said, um, "I'm happy if she's happy," which is like so annoying because we all know Eunice. I mean, fuck him. Stereotypically, like, yeah, was not good to her. He was an asshole. Yeah, everybody knows this. But like. It, it kind of makes me cringe that he did that to Scott because I feel like Scott was trying 100%. to like have camaraderie. Totally. And it's embarrassing. Here's my thing. Scott, has Scott said anything about this yet? I Not publicly. The other day. I'm like, has Scott spoken out about the DMs? The only, no. Oh, no. I think that's he's just going to act like it's photoshopped and ignore it. That's and what pretend. I'm saying. Like, I mean, that's the move, right? Yeah. Like, just do that. But um, with what's his face, Giannis Jonas, he <laughs> doing this. Was was fucked up, I think, to like expose him like yeah. that and embarrass him like that. Like, why are you why are you embarrassing it's really Scott? Embarrassing. Like, it's not, yeah. What are you going to gain from that? Like, we all still think you're an asshole. I think probably in his head, he's like, everybody thinks I'm an asshole, but like Scott's an asshole too. I think he's like, I'm always but, being painted the villain, and right? Like, come for on. sure, and yeah. Scott's whatever. But the t- it wasn't even like it was that bad. Like, it just makes Scott look like sad and jealous. You know, like I, I like makes me feel bad for him again. Like he's obviously dicking around with with Amelia. So Amelia, Amelia posted something about oh, she like she say? when uh, some quote from the sign guy, you know, the guy that holds the sign. Oh, yes, yes. It was like when people show you their true colors, whatever. Damn. And then Lisa Rinna also kind of posted something of the same sentiment. Interesting. I mean, yeah, they got to break up. Like it's time. It's oh, it's Lisa Rinna posted something about like closure. Like sometimes you don't need closure. Sometimes you just need to move on. Fantastic. Okay, well they're yeah. broken up for sure. Then so, like, they're totally. If broken I was up. Amelia, I would be really embarrassed. I'd be like, so embarrassed, and I would be so hurt. I would yeah. be like, I get what sucks for Amelia is that she's so young and she like is clearly in love with him. Mm. She loves like the the like I am Scott Disick's girlfriend. Like she's always she's grown up in the light in the Even limelight. Though it's met with so much she's, negativity. Yeah, but she doesn't see it that way. Like she no. sees it like, oh, he's so cool. And I'm sure he like makes it nice for her and makes it cool for her and whatever. But 
imagine like being her age and your like older boyfriend who you've like probably night after night convinced like he definitely likes me he's not still obsessed with his ex because every single person that he dates it's like everybody knows like he's still in love with Courtney like everyone knows that he'll always be in love with Courtney he and Courtney are like bound together for life like mm-hmm. they're the perfect example of like scar tissue they will always have that like that'll be their thing and they have kids and whatever I think he's struggling There's no escaping her. knowing that like this might be it for her right that's what I'm saying so like, that's the door happening is the door is closed as fuck like she is really out there with Travis she's like, really are, out there they're like a I love seeing them together. Like it's, it's so exciting, but for Scott, yeah, he's like grasping at straws and he's sad and he maybe has this girlfriend, whatever, but he's not going to marry Amelia. Like, is Amelia going to come like watch the kids with him? Like, what do you mean? Like that's none of that's going to happen. And it sucks for her that she has to face the reality of the fact of like, I'm dating a grown man with like a life and problems and all this shit. And I just got embarrassed by him because he clearly is like missing his ex who he's always loved. My thought the other day, seeing, Travis and Courtney in Italy in the Dolce Gabbana show or Versace whatever it was Mm -hmm. looking stunning was like I want them obviously to have like a kid together but more than that I want a Kim Kim and Kanye style wedding from them in like Europe or something Travis with his like rocker yeah like a punk rock wedding yes like Mm. I was like picture the looks that these two I I can't even imagine I I know like you know how Kim and Kanye had that gorgeous like of course Italian whatever wedding I was flower wall never forget giving me like that feeling of them being there and I was like this would be iconic it would be unbelievable more than them having kids like I want them to get married because I just want to see this happen it would be it would truly be unbelievable and I think that they're a couple I would love if they got married too Mm -hmm. I just for all the pomp and circumstance would die for it they also strike me as a couple that like will never actually get married and they'll just be like we're together and that's enough like MGK and and, yes like yes we're we're twin flames essentially like we're together this and that yeah like they're like I'd sooner expect I'd sooner expect them to like be carrying vials of blood for each other than like exchanging I burn for you you (laughs) yes literally (laughs) Literally, yes, I burn for you. I burn for oh you. my god, what a what a reminder! I forgot all about Bridgerton I know, for a minute. Me too. What a time when Bridgerton came out! Oh, my god, what a time! So hot. I might rewatch that. Rewatch. You know Bridgerton. what? I might it's been a while. It it's been like four months since I rewatched. Um, so, okay. but it is true. Yeah, it's like I mean, they're they're great. I feel bad for Scott. I feel bad for Amelia. Do you know what? I don't feel bad for Scott. Honestly. You don't feel bad for him? No. I think that that's a fair thing to say. I think he had his chance. Yeah. I think she gave him ultimatums. I think she said to him very clearly for multiple years, I need you to do these things to get mm-hmm. back with me. And he couldn't do them. Yeah. And I think she just, it uh, probably got so turned off. Totally. You know, when like by the end of like someone just not doing it and mm-hmm. letting you down, you're like, I want nothing to do you with get you. Tired. You're I just like, just like time and time ugh. again, you've disappointed me, whether it was intentional or not. You just constantly uh-huh. keep disappointing me. And then at a certain point, when someone disappoints you so many times in a row and you, you start to feel bad being like, you have disappointed me so many times in a row and I feel bad for being angry that you just can't get your shit together. Like, yeah. How, like, it's like, it's, uh, this is sad. <laughs> you have to now feel like my disrespect. Like, and that's shitty too. Like you just, sometimes you just gotta. I think she's just like, I'm done. Yeah. That's what I really think. Sometimes you have to. Okay. She, she seems pretty done. Last topic, Bachelor in Paradise. Okay. I had an epiphany, which I think has been growing within me for seasons. And mm-hmm. now that I've come to this realization, like I can't unsee it and okay. I need to explain it to you and then hear your thoughts okay I think why the Bachelor franchise is not as great anymore Mm -hmm. it has nothing to do with people going for the wrong reasons we've had that for seasons to come it has to do with 
producer intervention. When you watch a show mm-hmm. like Love Island or mm-hmm. you watch any other dating show like Too Hot to Handle, it's not as obvious when producers are pulling the strings. Mm-hmm. I think it's become – I think when Alon Gale left – They were like, oh, he was the best producer. So now like we need to facilitate all this fake drama Mm -hmm. in order for the show to be good. Because they think as a viewer, we come for the drama. Right. Which we do to an extent. Totally. But I think there's been so many, like the producers are pulling the strings so much that it's actually taking away from the true storylines, playing out in a way they would actually play out and be interesting. Mm -hmm. Like I don't like the Demi playing a character stuff. I don't like... Like, just all, like, Kendall coming down onto the, like, yes, we like it all, but I like it in a more natural way. Mm -hmm. It's become so, like, so obviously produced that it's just, like, taking away from, like, the integrity of the show. I agree with you to a certain extent. I think that I like a, kind of like when Ellen Gale was there, I, I like a little bit of producer involvement. It's become too much. Like, it's, it's just a little. It's too much. It's, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. They'll get involved in a way of like suggesting them to act in certain ways and react in certain ways. But when they start inserting themselves in like the the most recent episode where they're like giving Chasen jewelry to give to Deandra right after Carl gave jewelry. It's like that. If you have one thing like that in an episode, okay, maybe it's funny. Maybe it's whatever. A little tongue in cheek, a little silly. But I feel like every episode, it's just ton of stuff like that where it's like, it's, like yes, this episode had, exactly had Demi setting up a birthday party for Kenny, like the all cake, this stuff, like but... so much like help from the producers. And now it's become really obvious that all of it is like help from the producers. Because like, none of the, it is organic. At like the end of the day, like I do like the love stories mm-hmm, and totally. I'm there for the real drama. And yeah. like, I want to see the real conversation and it's taking away because I watch shows like Love Island and they're not even necessarily built on drama. Like, the girls are so nice to each other. Did yeah. you watch Love Island? I love Love Island, yeah. yeah. I've only seen a couple of seasons, but I, I love it. They're yeah. really nice to each other. Mm-hmm. And, like, the drama just comes from the relationships. It's mm-hmm. not from all these, like, outside things. Totally, yeah. And I think The Bachelor's actually getting so far gone mm-hmm. by bringing in all these, like, Lance Bass and this. And that. it's almost, like, so facilitated at yeah. this point that nothing feels natural. I agree. I also think that has something to do with the fact that they are trying to turn around these seasons so quickly. Yeah. Like, Bachelor in Paradise is filmed, I think, over two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. So they have to, it's almost like a quick, 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 go, 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 like fast, whatever. Whereas Love Island is so good because it's filmed over like a month's time. Yeah. And it's like there's more time to kind of cultivate natural drama yeah Yeah. relationships and natural drama whereas like the bachelor just they need to turn it out yeah they're like we need you to get engaged tomorrow (laughs) yeah like they're on it they're on a time crunch which like they need to change the formula that's what i mean like they used to they just do so much of it now like it's it's on all year round like it's this year specifically we had the bachelor in january we had the bachelorette uh, in the springtime then we have bachelor in paradise in a month we have bachelorette again and then we'll have bachelor in january like what what are we gonna i think there's never any there's two weeks there was a uh, I'm sorry, one week between Bachelorette and Bachelor in Paradise. I think there's two weeks before Michelle's season of The Bachelor that's coming up. Between Matt and Katie's season, it was a month, maybe a month and a half. It's just is like, it's so much. They're actually, getting no, in their own way, just I a little feel. Bit longer. Like, they are. They're actually overthinking it. Yes. Like, they're like, how do we become more diverse? How do we become mm-hmm. more accepting? How do we become more sex positive? Mm-hmm. Versus like, just let people hook up and we'll see. They don't need to talk about it so much. Like, yes. Like they're almost like Demi go in and be, 
be the vixen. Like, right, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, like Versus- play this role, do whatever. Which again, I, I don't dislike totally, but it does change the tone of the show. Like it's not, it's just, it's, it, it's become like a cheesy reality show. It's coming and cheesy. people are leaning into that. Versus older days of The Bachelor, I would watch The Bachelor with like my eyes glued to the screen with tears in them. Like I was so because overcome with emotion. Something. Yes, and like the music was good. And now like, obviously with our after show and with all the recaps we do they're very tongue-in-cheek they're we're always making fun of it we're always like pointing out all of the very obvious producer things or the stuff that's so predictable like the music or like the outfits or oh that guy didn't get that much airtime he's probably leaving like we've picked up on these uh patterns Mm -hmm. because we've been watching it for so long but that doesn't mean that they that the show has to continue on with these patterns like they can go outside the box not in ways that they're doing but they can you know surprise us a little bit with certain things and I think that they like being so over the top at this point like I think that they're trending that Uh way because they like it like I I think that people respond to it I think they think they need to do that because they get a response on social media totally but I actually think the show would see more success with like people being actually invested in these people if they went more of like the love route and less of the let's force everything route you know what I hate and what I think is actually ruining the show and and it might have something to do with this too with the producers kind of at the same time once they get there it makes it difficult I think that the contestants who speak to each other in between seasons, like either they Mm -hmm. find each other on social media or, you know, whatever, them having relationships with each other before they come onto Paradise or before they come onto whatever show um, ruins it completely. Like Paradise right now, half of the things that are going on, the issues are because like, oh, they've had a relationship with uh, like Brendan's possibly has a relationship with Piper outside yeah. of this. And is she going to come down? Who knows? Obviously, she's going to show up. Like, it's just it seems so manufactured and they already know each other. And it's already like the I wool is not over my eyes. It's you know only I mean? manufactured because they don't let them talk about it. Right. I and think, that's what we keep saying. I like, think talk about fine. the fact that you were DMing. Like, yes. talk about that. Talk about the fact that you went on dates. Like, be like, being oh, I'm here. Being like, we met one time. Yes. And like, I kind of got a vibe from him, but I wasn't sure. So yes. like, I've been waiting for him to come down. Yeah. Like, like I hope like, he's Chris coming so we can see if it Chris Janessa. and uh, Jasenia. Jasenia, yeah, yeah. who Same I love, by way. the way, on this season. Yes. This season, I, lo- I could not Jasenia, stand her I'm before. like, see him, I'm like, you're stunning, I, you're everything. Yes, like, I last time, I talked major shit about Jasenia. And now I love Now I'm her. like, Jasenia, my girl. Like, I literally, I talked so much shit about her, and now I love her. Love. But, but, so, but that's exactly point, like that, like, yeah. That's exactly it. Like, I, of course, they're going to talk in between seasons. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. If I was on the show and some hot guy DM'd me, I'd talk to him, too, before Paradise. 100%. The thing is, the producers, again, are trying to keep this facade. It's mm-hmm. like, I would just go in there and be like, yeah, no, we talked. And, like, we're not dating, but I'm interested in getting to know other people. Like, right. just be open. Right. Just be open about it. And to be honest, that was the whole, like, crux of when uh, Claire was the Bachelorette for five minutes. Blake and Cla- Blake Moynes and Claire had like yes. been DMing and it was this big fucking secret and it was this huge reveal at the end being like like it was there was scuttlebutt about yeah. like were they DMing before were they DMing before and then it became like an argument amongst the men but it's like yeah he DMed hot Claire who was gonna be the bachelorette before like that's like, not a big thing. deal like, probably a bunch of you threw out a Hail Mary DM too and just like don't want to admit it you know what I mean like yeah they they need to like get with the times in that way like ad- acknowledge the the social part of it don't don't lump 
the social media stuff in with like clout chasing it's not always like that there's I, also social media to be used to like cultivate relationships not just yeah. to like get more followers I wish they like crowdsourced people to come in and like give opinions I'm like, so bad I'm like I so just want to give you my opinion all right that's the show for today Kelly Keegs thank you so much for coming on where could everyone follow you tune into all the stuff that you have going on thank you so much for having me uh, let's see because we got high on all platforms that's the podcast with Rhea and Brie uh, Cutting Stems is live after every uh, Bachelor, Bachelorette, Bachelor in Paradise on the Chicks in the Office YouTube. And what else? And then follow me on Twitter at Kelly Keegs, Instagram at Kelly Keegs, and TikTok. I want yes. ever. I got to talk about this quickly. Yeah. On my TikTok it. now, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm trying to kill it. I'm just, I'm just like waking up to TikTok. Like I'm always yeah, posting stuff. You're getting your niche on yes, there Yes, I'm trying to finally get my thing. I'm bad. I'm bad at all the usual like trends and things like that. I just like, I don't really fuck with it. I'm not that great at it. So I was always putting stuff on TikTok randomly, like whatever. Now I figured out what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. I am now every day putting out a new video, breaking down the tarot card deck. I'm becoming a witch. So she's literally first... <laughs> breaking it down and it's fascinating. Every single one. And they're not so serious. Like, and they're probably, they're probably insulting to like, people who actually but you care have a about good it, memory but... so you're perfect yes i commented but I said, it's fun my, my yes. memory could never it's just if there are 78 cards so there will be 78 <laughs> videos and it's just like every day it's like a quick little thing i'm putting on tiktok and we're gonna learn it and maybe by the end of it i'll be able to read some tarot for the for the class you could do a reading office. for me when you're done i'm gonna do it people are already like i can't wait till you're done do a reading i'm like it's gonna be a terrible reading but i'm gonna do them all day <laughs> i'll long. do my best all day long i'll be doing readings so follow along on there you can see them you can learn it with me it's so weird and really fun honestly so i'm I having a good it. time with it Well, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me.